Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Let's have a conversation here about polar bears. Um, One of the great iconic Canadian animals, right? And I think, you know, I don't think you have to been paying all that close of attention to know that there's some issues around polar bears. And they've been under pressure for a while. And I don't think that's changed. In fact, there's some new elements that are coming into it. But let's find out for sure what's going on. We're going to have a chat now with Dr. Andrew DeRoche, who is a scientific advisor with Polar Bears International and a professor of biological sciences at the University of Alberta. Doctor, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us. Ah, happy to be with you. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know we've all read troubling stories over the past few years about the polar bear population in our country being under pretty intense pressure. What's the latest? What's the status report? Well, it's, you know, we've got 13 different populations of polar bears in Canada, and it's uh, not a one-size-fits-all sort of situation. So we've got three populations that we know have declined in abundance, but we've got 10 populations that are kind of hanging on okay for now. So... It really depends on what happens with sea ice, and mm-hmm. that really affects the bears. Yeah, I mean, that's what it all comes down to. Everything that goes on with polar bears is affected by the sea ice, right? That's right. I mean, that's the habitat. That's where they live. And it's the same as any other species. If you take away the habitat, you just lose the animals that live there. Now, the the story that came out this week, and uh, your organization was part of it, talking about how landfills are really becoming a problem. Is it, and part of it, I think, is because the bears are spending more time on land, right? I mean, if they're on the ice, if the ice is available, they're not on land as much. Is that sort of where this all starts? That's exactly it. And so it's, a, it's what we really sort of call an emerging issue across the Arctic. Um, and as the bears are spending more time on land, and of course they're nutritionally stressed because they're not having as much time to hunt, so they're skinnier. And it's the same as in Alberta here. We know if you get a bad berry crop in the mountains, the bears come down and come around where people live. And it's no different in the Arctic. Um, hungry bears are problem bears. They food seek and they come around communities, around camps, and around people, and then we get into conflicts, and one of two things happen, either either the bear ends up dead, or we end up having people injured, which is something we have seen recently in Canada. Yeah, when we talk about an increase in human-bear conflicts, I mean, what are we talking about here, like one a year, a hundred a year? I mean, how often is this happening? Well, you know, it's hard to quantify... um, whether or not we're seeing a really strong trend or if we're just getting better reporting of incidents. Um, there was one case that just sort of happened uh, this last week in Russia where you might have seen it in the media where a polar bear got a tin can stuck on its tongue. The bear had to be caught and have the tin can removed and then released. So it's hard to know if we're seeing lots of increases, but what is clear is we're seeing different types of events happening in different parts of the Arctic. And it's across all five Arctic nations that have polar bears. Um, and, and we sort of go through a whole different series of events. Some, some of them are chronic issues where the bears come back every year. And sometimes it's just episodic. It's sort of like ephemeral. It just happens and one year 
you get all these bears showing up around a dump and then they disappear for years again at a time. Um, how are we doing, like you say, there's different populations in different countries. In Canada, do we have a situation with the landfills and is it a great right I mean, I know as a guy who lives in the city, whenever I go out to bear country, be it Banff or Canmore, I mean, and, and these are even urban, the, the precautions and, and the infrastructure that's in place to make sure that the bears don't get attracted into the city, it's pretty extensive. There's no landfills that I know of. Yeah, it's, you know, the the problem with, with landfills is if you look across the Arctic, we've got growing populations in the north. And of course, everything we ship from the south goes north and it never comes back again. We don't recycle in the north very much or any at all. So we've got these open landfills. And, and historically, it's not been a big problem for polar bears because they just never came in to use them. And it's not a preferred food source for them. It's sort of, they only go there when the sea ice melts, and then they typically come into these places, and they get into all sorts of trouble. Um, they eat things they shouldn't that can kill them. Uh, and, of course, it's it's not a great scenario for having bears right next to a community because eventually they do tend to wander in because you have to remember in a lot of northern towns, um, people are living off the land substantially, taking their food back to their houses, processing it there. And, of course, that's a perfect attraction to bring bears right into your house. And it's not a one-time thing. If a bear has um, sort of associated a location with uh, easy food, it'll keep coming back, right? Yeah, that's that's a real problem. I mean, we talk about habituated bears, and that's one of the problems. And bears are probably what we would call like a one-time learner. Once they get that association, they've got it figured out. And they'll come back year after year to the same place trying to get that food resource. What's the solution here? What do we, I mean, how do we, how do we, obviously the sea ice is part of an issue, but I mean, a lot of it is around adaptation, right? We talk about that in so many areas when it comes to the changing climate. What, what do we need to do on this front? Well, you know, if you go to northern communities, people are saying that garbage is a problem. And they've they've had that on their list of priorities for years. And sort of this emerging threat of polar bears coming into the dumps is sort of a growing problem for, for these communities. I mean, it's going it, to, it can't fall to the community level. They just don't have the resources, the tax bases to deal with the problem. So it has to go up to the provincial and territorial levels. And the federal government has to get involved to find better solutions for dealing with either recycling or disposing of garbage in a way that keeps it away from wildlife. Yeah, and I imagine, like 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 we said earlier, Doc, there, there's places you can learn from. I mean, this is being done when it comes, and not just polar bears, but for other bears. I mean, there's systems in place. There are, yes, there are. And, and you know, we have had good examples. Churchill, Manitoba, uh, the polar bear capital of the world, uh, used to have an open dump for, for decades. Um, they eventually closed that off and tried to recycle. The problem is now in Churchill is they've actually got a building full of four years of garbage. And I was talking to the mayor of Churchill when I was up there this spring, and they don't know what to do with it. They've got to get it out of that building. Eventually, they're going to run out of place to just store their garbage. Um, so there, there needs to be some sort of pan-Arctic approach here to dealing with, with waste. We keep moving it north, but we never deal with it. It just ends up sitting on the ground. Yeah, okay. Boy, a great update. Doctor, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. It's been my pleasure. That is Dr. Andrew DeRoche, who is the Scientific Advisor with Polar Bears International, Professor of Biological Sciences at the University of Alberta. And 
Uh, he also wrote the book Polar Bears, A Complete Guide to Their Biology and Their Behavior. He's been studying bears for 38 years. Uh, so uh, he's, uh, he's an expert on, on the uh, situation surrounding polar bears, not just in our country, but around the world. But, you know, you take a look at this situation, it's like, it, this is entirely our fault, right, with the garbage. And I, the part that I don't understand is I know how much work is done in other parts of the, of, like, just think of Alberta, right? The work that goes into keeping bears away from garbage and things like that. Got to somehow try and apply some of those um, practices in other parts of the country. As he said, though, they're doing it in Churchill, but now they're running out of space. Can you imagine a building full of garbage that they've been filling for years? 